What does it take to make workshops work? And how can we facilitate collaboration that sticks and leads to results? My name is Miriam Hagnes, and with the Workshops Work podcast, I'm on the mission to find the magic ingredients that make workshops work. Today, it's just me on the show, and I will share some of my hacks to avoid boring meetings. So stay tuned. And by the way, if you don't have pen and paper at hand to take your own notes, why don't you visit workshops.work and download my free one-page summary. And now, enjoy the show. Since the beginning of the lockdown and the working from home phase due to corona, the pandemic, there have been many theories on why there is something like Zoom fatigue and why all the meetings are so boring. And I think one of the key things is actually that meetings were boring in the first place, even when we met offline in the offices. But it didn't seem to be so painful to sit in boring meetings because, let's be honest, our opportunity costs to sit in a boring meeting were far less. If I can choose whether I sit in the office and work behind my desk and behind my screen or I sit in the meeting, well, the difference is not so high. If suddenly I have the choice between sitting in a boring meeting behind my screen at home or sitting on the couch and reading a book or working in my own pace on whatever I have to do, that's a different story. So I think to have engaged online meetings does take a little bit more effort just because the stakes are higher. So, but don't blame just the online meeting because. Maybe your meetings were boring in the first place. But now, Corona and the working from home is just working as an amplifier and shows what is really wrong. So let's start with the beginning. So the beginning of a meeting, of an online meeting, is the most important. You are setting the tone. And one thing that we are very often neglecting is that we don't know what happened to our participants before they joined the call. So very often, we forget that we need to plan a little bit of break between two calls. So if we have back-on-back -back meetings, maybe we just hung up the phone, we just turned off our Zoom camera from one meeting, and up, the next meeting starts already. And then the host of the new meeting expects us to be full there, totally focused and engaged, and ready to jump on whatever topic comes up. But to be honest, Most of the case, we are not. Our brain hasn't even realized that we're in a different meeting in a different space because physically we haven't moved. We just switched one meeting off and one meeting on, but our brains still think that we're in the same room. So mentally, we are not prepared yet. So to make sure that those people who are in the call can mentally and emotionally and intellectually really engage with whatever topics you want them to engage with, allow them to slow down first to then speed up. Be mindful what might have happened to the participants before they joined the call. So one easy way to do that, which works wonder, and everyone will love you for that, promise, is when you start allow everyone two minutes to just download whatever they have on the mind right now. So allow them or ask them to turn the camera off, to take a piece of paper, 
take two minutes to just write down everything that's on their mind that could disturb them during the meeting, that could distract them, and everything that they don't want to forget. Ask them then to fold the paper and to put it aside. Once they're done, they turn the camera back on and you will see the relief on their faces because now they know, okay, now I can fully focus on whatever is coming up. As a next step, do a check-in. You might have heard of the check-in and you might think that this is woo-woo, but actually it's not. It's not about sitting in a circle and being happy to be together. No, a check-in allows everyone to arrive mentally, to share whatever is on their mind or maybe their expectations from the call. It also shows that everyone in the meeting has a space to be there, has a role. You want to hear everyone and you give everyone the time to speak up. Third, there is evidence that once people have spoken already, they're more likely to speak up again. And you can choose a check-in question that is either very easy to answer, like what is your weather, your internal weather report? Do you feel sunny, cloudy, stormy, foggy? Or you can ask them what the expectation is from the meeting. Recently, Lee Kim on my podcast, she suggested a very nice check-in actually, where Beforehand, all team members think of questions that they would be interested to hear from their teammates. So you have an entire list of questions. And then for every meeting, you just randomly choose one. And thereby, everyone learns from each other about a topic that they are genuinely interested in. You could create connection. And people are more likely to start in a focused way because they're interested in what they have to say. and. Let's be honest, everyone loves to talk about themselves. In case that the group is too large, and that's a question that I often get, oh yeah, but we have 10 people on a call, and then if we let everyone speak, it might take too long. True. If the group is really too large, and I think 10 people is a large number, what you can do is just send them into breakout rooms of two. Give them four minutes, two minutes each, Ask them to just share what's on their mind or what they expect from the meeting or what their thoughts are or where they are mentally. Each gets two minutes to speak. The other one just listens, listens to acknowledge. And then they switch roles. After four minutes, your participants will come back into the call and you will see that they are now really ready to focus on whatever topic comes up. And third, when it comes to the start of the meeting, there's one other magic trick that is underused, as far as I can tell from my experience, is that you can rotate the facilitation of the meeting. Just because someone invited to a meeting, just because someone is maybe the highest in the hierarchy, does not mean that this person has to host the meeting. Quite the opposite is actually true. If someone is generally interested in the topic and what is said because he or she is the team lead, then maybe they don't want to be in charge of the time boxing, of making sure that everyone speaks, of 
making sure that all the agenda points are addressed. Maybe this person is actually better off just taking a step back, listening and contributing. Because facilitating and participating at the same time is quite difficult, actually. So one thing you can do is that each time you rotate the facilitation. So someone from the team in the call is in charge of making sure that you start with a check-in, that nobody takes too much space, that you time box, you ask someone to speak up if you haven't heard from them yet. This will also ensure the, or it will empower all the participants and it will make them aware of how difficult it is actually to host a meeting. So next time this person is in the call, they might participate and empathize in a much in a very different way. So after you set the tone and you discussed or agreed on the flow of the meeting and who's facilitating it, the next thing to avoid a boring meeting or disengagement or Zoom fatigue, whatever, however you want to call it, is to actually make sure that the participants are involved and remain engaged. If you don't allow participants to speak, if you're not even interested in what they have to say, how can you wonder that they're disengaged? If I know that I won't be even asked to participate, it's so easy for me to zone out, to check my emails, to write a message here and there, or to just check whatever comes up in the tab next to the, next to the meeting, right? But if I know that someone on the other side of the call is actually interested in what I have to say and gives me the opportunity to say it, then obviously I will also engage more. So the first thing to make sure that people are actually engaged in a meeting is that they have a role there and that they have potentially something to say. Because let's be honest, if there's only one person who speaks in a meeting, it's not a meeting, it's an email. And everyone will be disengaged and it's actually a lack of respect to everyone's time. If you just want to share information, do it in an email. If you think an email is not personal enough, then record a video. Once you invite people to a meeting, make sure that they have something to contribute and that you want them there. If someone doesn't have a role, doesn't understand why they're called or invited into a meeting, then most probably they will either zone out or they will start to disturb. So you might know these um, participants who then say, why are we discussing about this again? Oh, we have been discussing this for the last 25 years and I keep on telling you, but nobody's listening to me. Of course, if this person doesn't have a clear role, maybe you didn't want to have this person in the call anyway in the first place. This is what makes them disturb the meeting because they are not supposed to be there in the first place. So if you're clear about the purpose and about the role of everyone, communicate it and be very strict on that. And then you will also reduce the size of the meeting, you will reduce disturbance and thereby keep it short. If you're sure that you only have those on the call who are actually supposed to be there, then also give them the chance to speak as much as possible. An easy way to do that is to use breakout rooms to the fullest. It might sound silly, but actually breakout, the beauty of breakout groups is that it's something that you cannot do in the physical world. Because even if you ask in an in a on-site meeting, 
if you ask your participants to turn to their neighbor to just exchange their thoughts, there's always this weird feeling that either someone listens to you and you're not really private, so you might censor yourself, or there's all kinds of FOMO going on that you think, oh, why are they laughing? Why are they whispering? Why is it just us who don't have anything interesting to speak? But in a breakout room, you don't see, you don't hear the others. So you're fully focused on whoever is there with you. And if you ask your participants to go into breakout rooms to just quickly exchange their thoughts on the next topic, then you make, can make sure that they are mentally ready to actually participate in the topic. Also, they get a little bit of a reality check of what their um, peer thinks about it. And they will be more likely to contribute something meaningful once they're coming back to share with the group. Also, this previous breakout group before actually inviting participants to speak also helps those who tend to take too much space in a meeting to be more mindful about the words because you can simply avoid giving them a stage to speak too long. So instead to ask them what is your opinion, you can ask them to summarize what has been said in the breakout group. And then they are not to speak just about themselves and their own thoughts, but they have to be mindful about what was spoken what was discussed in the group. And if you have the impression that there are maybe shy people in the group or introverts who need a little bit of time, then give them the time. So before sending them into a breakout group, just give them a minute to think about the topic, especially when, when it's a topic that might be complex, that might involve emotions or opposite opinions. Start with just a minute of thinking time. Make up your mind. What are the pros? What are the cons? What is your own opinion? Then send them into breakout rooms, small groups, maybe two or three people to just exchange and then come back and discuss at the plenary. You will definitely realize the difference because suddenly people want to share, they engage, and they're curious what others have to say about that. And third... You can also vary the degree of participation. So you can spice up the meeting by just saying, okay, once you spoke, why don't you nominate the next to speak? Or everyone puts a sticky note in front of their camera and once they spoke, they reveal the camera so that at the end you see exactly who has spoken already and who hasn't. And it makes sure that everyone takes a turn and that you hear and see everyone. Hi, this is Andrew. I'm a facilitator and head of customer success at Session Lab, the dynamic workshop planner tool. More than 30,000 facilitators, trainers and coaches use our workshop planner tool and save time and effort in the design process. So how do they do it? Our drag and drop agenda builder makes it easy to transform your ideas into high quality workshops and the timing of your agenda automatically updates when you make changes. You can collaborate in real time with your colleagues and easily share professional looking printouts with your clients. And if you need inspiration, you can check out our library of more than 500 activities and exercises and simply drag the ones you need right into your workshop agenda. 
So check out Session Lab to save time and effort in your workshop design process. And now get your first two months of Session Lab Pro absolutely free at sessionlab.com forward slash workshops work. Also, when we are meeting, independent of how difficult the topic is or how emotional it can become, be aware that, especially in these times where we are all working from home, a meeting is about the meeting, yes, but it's also about bonding, it's about connection, it's about being together, and this needs time and acknowledgement. So maybe it's also about venting. So using the breakout rooms for not only sharing information, but also sharing just being human together giving participants the time to exchange with a colleague, to find this humanist, to share how they are doing and how they are coping with a certain situation, really keeps, really brings the group together, actually. And make time for it, because it will pay off. Just three minutes, one-on-one, will make all the difference. So make it fun. No, keep it human, but also make it fun. Sometimes when you feel that the energy is low, all it takes is just to get up from the chair and to move a little bit. So um, in a previous episode, or I already shared my favorite check-in, which is the stretching check-in, where the, everyone gets up of their chairs And the first person does a stretching exercise in the camera and shares what's on their mind and then passes it on and the next one does a stretching and everyone copies it. And you can use this exercise not only for a check-in but for any kind of sharing. So when you have the impression that the energy is low and people are not engaged, ask them to get up, get up and you can speak while stretching and you will see that it makes everyone human, it brings a smile on everyone's face And just the movement together will ease the speech of everyone. Try it out. It is magic. And then to close it off, your meeting, never forget to check out. Even if it's just a quick one. But, and it's simply because we don't like to finish on housekeeping. And we don't like to finish in the, in the open. When we open a meeting or we start a meeting mindfully, we also want to bring it to closure. So give everyone the opportunity to maybe let them share one thing that they take away, what was most valuable for them, what was surprising, what is the next thing that they're going to do after the meeting, what was relevant for them, or simply reflect on the quality of the meeting especially when you're when you decide that you will significantly change the way you meet online because you realize that your teams are disengaged or zoning out then take the time at the end for the last five minutes for everyone to share their reflection on the meeting what was good what can be improved for the next time 
and make sure that there is no discussion about it and that there is no comments and that everyone has the time and the space to speak. Because this will also create the trust that you need where nobody feels judged. Everyone has an opinion. Everyone has perception of what was happening. And the host of the meeting or the person who will facilitate it for the next time will then learn from every meeting what they can improve for the next time. So these are just a few hacks that you can do to um, avoid boring meetings or to change the way you and your team meet. So just to recap, set the tone from the beginning. Be mindful what has happened before participant joined. So give them time to, to download what's ever in their mind. Give them time to check in. And the check-in means to land mentally and to be present and to be aware that every voice counts. And make sure that participants are involved and remain engaged by making sure that they can use their voice as often as they can. So in large groups, break them up, put them into breakout groups so that they can exchange their thoughts on a specific topic. And in small groups, just change the way how they engage. Use sticky notes to see who hasn't spoken yet or use the nomination technique that everyone who spoke nominates the next. And, of course, make sure that only those who belong to the meeting are in the meeting. And this sometimes is actually the most difficult, because I once read it somewhere, and I don't remember where, that the question was, what is worse than being in a meeting? It's not being invited to a meeting. <laughs> because we all have the fear of missing out and we like to belong. But if we know that we don't have a role in the meeting and that it's not personal, then it's okay not to be there. And then check out to let everyone reflect on the meeting or use a word or an emotion to just leave the meeting on a high. So that's it for my side. And since with my guest, I always ask the question, if someone fell asleep after minute one, just woke up and doesn't have time to listen to the entire show again, what would you like them to remember? And I would like you to remember that a meeting is an obligation and it means to respect the time and attention of the people you're inviting. So inviting to a meeting that is not prepared is like inviting friends for dinner and expecting them to bring their own food. You cannot invite participants to join the meeting and then expect them to align, to be focused and to contribute if they actually don't really understand what they're contributing to and what is expected from them. If you don't give them the space and the opportunity to engage and to participate, they won't. It's just how it works. So now I wish you wonderful, engaged, interesting and fun meetings. Bye-bye.
Thank you for staying tuned and listening to the show. I appreciate your attention as I know how busy you are. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and engage by sharing your comments and thoughts and visit workshops.work to download the one-page summary. I'm looking forward to seeing you back at the next episode and I wish you a fruitful day. Thank <laughs> you.